Life's an adventure, and it's waiting. Hi, this is Merrill Hodge. At ST Bank, they know life's for the living. That's why ST Bank offers solutions to help you get the most out of it. Whether you're investing in your home, planning for the future, or just making the most of every day, ST Bank is here to help. Learn how ST Bank can help you live the life you want at stbank.com. Member FDIC. ST Bank was ranked number one in customer satisfaction with retail banking in Pennsylvania by JD Power. For JD Power 2022 award information, visit jdpower.com/awards. the Steelers Standard on Steelers Nation Radio and Podcast on Steelers.com. OTAs are in full swing down at the Steelers Southside facility. It really feels like football season is basically here because it really doesn't stop. You got OTAs, you got your mandatory mini camps, and then you get a little bit of a break to regroup, but it's right back to St. Vincent's for training camp. It's it feels like the season now in the NFL starts in late May. Tom, how often? Honestly, do we you could even say late April because of the draft. How how often do we come in to do the show and we say it's the off season? But is it really an I off know. part of the season? It's just the only thing that's off is that there's no games being played. The NFL has just become such a 24-7, 365 league, and that's why it's the king. You know, the old uh, traditional saying is baseball is America's national pastime. Well, the dirty little secret is that was passed up a pretty decent time ago, probably about two decades ago with the NFL. It is king and there is really no one close. Like, do you think they, like the rise the, of like Sunday Ticket really? There's no other sport, maybe or like red zone. But there's just no other sport that you can have it on your A block any day of the year, and you can get viewers and you can get interest in. It's the best. And the Steelers are definitely not short of being in those headlines. Obviously, with the only quarterback being picked in the first round this year belonging to the Pittsburgh Steelers and Kenny Pickett, and of course the hirings that they have made over the past couple of days. Omar Khan, introduced mm-hmm. as the Steelers GM officially, as we're sitting mm-hmm. here talking right now, and Andy Weidel from the Philadelphia Eagles going to be coming on as the assistant general manager. So before we get into some OTA talk, just going to, you know, toss around some stuff about those two hires. And, you know, I was talking at OTAs yesterday, and I, I really love them both. And I love just the balance of it's not just the Steelers hiring from the internal. It's not just right. let's go outside and look for somebody else. They they did both. You know, everybody was kind of like, oh, they always hire internally. That's definitely what's going to happen. And then there was the other camp that was like, oh, you got to change things up. You got to go outside and you got to get somebody else. What's wrong with having both? Like, why do you have to pick your poison in that situation when neither of them are really if, poison? If both of them appeal to you and give you the best option moving forward, you go for both. Exactly. So that's my initial take is I love that you get that balance and. Mm-hmm. You know, people will obviously start to wonder, is there too many cooks in the kitchen? But this isn't like you're drafting players and you have to hope that they can get along. Like, these are front office people that have had experiences with each other in the past. I don't think you would have brought Omar Khan on, or better phrasing, you wouldn't have brought Andy Weidel on to work under Omar Khan if Omar Khan didn't want that to happen. So I don't really buy into that. Oh, there's going to be, you know... Two different people trying to steer the ship in one direction, and that doesn't really work. I, I don't think that's going to be the case at all. I think that this has been a- agreed upon, obviously, by both parties, and it wouldn't be like, hey, you're going to get the GM job, but we're going to bring in this guy to be your assistant, and you have no real say about it. There, There is no way that the 
person or the people, rather, the multiple people taking over the helm for Kevin Colbert weren't going to be going, they weren't going to be brought in just on a whim. I mean, Omar Carr has been with the team for what, 20 plus years? Weidel's been in the league for 20 plus years. Weidel was the guy that everyone was saying that I believe Roseman was the, was the GM, the, the the lead GM in Philadelphia. People were saying that Roseman leaned on Weidel for his decision making. So you have a guy in Kevin Colbert, right? And he is basically a GM, but a GM in so many different facets. He was your lead scout. He was your lead contract negotiator. He was your... He was your everything, right? He was your Swiss Army knife. It's no big deal that you go out and you you go out and you get Weidel or yes. Weidel, and then you you promote Con uh, from within to fill up everything that oh that sorry that Kevin Colbert did for you. It's okay to replace one guy with multiple people in this capacity, right? It's not like it's on the field kind of thing where you're trying to replace an all-pro talent, maybe like T.J. Watt with guys like backups like Alex Highsmith and others. This is a front office position where you can have multiple people contributing for the better cause. And we now know that Omar Khan is going to act as that contract negotiator and that Weidel is going to be that scout. Or is it the reverse? No, Khan, his, he Khan really has really become great at being a capologist, like knowing how to work the cap, right, knowing okay. how to manipulate the and cap. And then Weidel is going to be and the I'm, head scout. But I, I don't think that we have to put either of them in, in those boxes. You know, no, I, think, I, I understand. I think they'll both do a fair share of both, but I think the expertise of the cap will obviously be put into Khan's hands, and then the expertise of the player personnel might be leaning more towards Weidel, and... I think that's just a, a good thing. If, if they can work together, and like I said, I don't see any reason why they wouldn't, having them both deciding to take this job, Khan saying, yes, I would like Weidel to work under me, and Weidel saying, yes, I would like to work under Khan. Mm-hmm. I don't see why there's going to be any budding of heads, and I don't see why any you know, a, a, a group input of ideas for the Steelers is, is not going to be a bad thing in this period. And and you have expertise in both areas right. that you can lean the, on the other guy for. And then you also have Mike Tomlin in there. And, and as far as player scouting sure. and player personnel, that, that he's, you know, he loves when the season ends. Player interactions. Yeah. All over the pro days right. around the country. He, he chats up all these prospects. He loves to be at the combine. He loves to be in, you know, Birmingham, Alabama for the Senior Bowl. Mm-hmm. It, it, he loves that stuff. So you know that he's also going to be out there on the road. So, yeah, I, I agree that they're going to have their areas of expertise. But I don't think that it's going to be like, oh, if Khan if doesn't want to hop a plane to see a college football game, for a prospect that he really likes, he, do, he doesn't, it's not like, oh, that's only Weidel's job. I have to stay here and crunch numbers. You know what I mean? Sure. Yeah. But that's the beauty of it is that I guess one guy can specialize in the other, but one guy isn't limited to only contributing one or the other. And I just love the fact that, you know, around the league, Omar Khan is known as just a wizard Absolutely. with the cap. So I love having that guy in the fold for this. Like, you can't lose that guy because the mm-hmm. salary cap dictates everything. Like, you can't do a thing because of the salary cap. Like, uh, Pe- ex-Penguins GM Jim Rutherford was just quoted in a story uh, that was written by Josh Yowie saying, you know, the cap dictates everything. Like, everything that you do is just dictated by the salary cap. It's the same thing in every sport that has a salary cap. And mm-hmm. if you have the best at being able to kind of manipulate that, because it definitely can be manipulated and, and, and worked around and, you know, spread that money around to build a really complete roster of 53 <laughs> people and then some... 
you know, that's that's such a valuable asset that you can't sure. you can't possibly replace, you know. And, and out of it with Andy Weidel, I mean, the track record as far as, you know, player, you know, recognition as far as the scouting department is concerned, eh, he's got two Super Bowl rings in that department, one with Baltimore, unfortunately, mm-hmm. right. but he can make up for that here if he evens up the playing field. And then another one for your cross-state rival, right. not really rival, but you know what I mean, the Philadelphia Eagles. So like Your keystone. He's been in a couple front offices, been a, a, a real key part of it, got, gotten a lot of credit. You know, People are giving him credit, and obviously you don't get an assistant GM job if people don't think you deserve Absolutely that kind not. of a role. You know, he's got the track record that he's worked with Super Bowl winning organizations and he's found players for those organizations and developed players, helped develop those players. It's, or, you know what I mean? Like, it's just, he's got a real eye for talent. Absolutely. And I think it's, yes, it it hurts to admit the Baltimore Super Bowl win because you never want to see your rival win. But the Philadelphia Eagles win is the one that really sticks out to me. I think the foundation was. Had been building in 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 Baltimore for a while. You obviously still had pieces like and that Ed Reed when and, he was a little younger and Ray too. Lewis and Joe Flacco had the best year of his career, and it's not even close. Yeah, but and I think the, Andy was cutting his teeth more in the Baltimore organization. Right, like he had a bigger role. Exactly, in and that's why it's more impressive to me also because that team was really put together really fast. Right, that wasn't a team that like Baltimore had been in the hunt for a couple of years, right? They won the Super Bowl in 2012, but they were really contenders ever since 2008 when Joe Flacco came onto the scene. Philadelphia has been in that NFC East where you never know who's going to emerge as a contender just for the division crown alone, not even as an NFC conference contender. And that's why I was more impressed with that Super Bowl win or that team that he assembled just because he really did a good job. I mean, yes, Carson Wentz has now floated around a couple of places, but that team doesn't get to the Super Bowl without Carson Wentz's performance in the regular season. And more importantly, without the offensive line and defensive lines that he really helped to Absolutely. build. And that, you know, people say that he loves to get that big, nasty kind of player, and that's exactly what those two trenches were for the Philadelphia Eagles. And, you know, they were able to win a Super Bowl with a backup quarterback in Nick Foles, who was a third-string quarterback for the past two years. Now he will serve as a backup again to Matt Ryan in Indianapolis. You know, he was able to navigate Nick Foles to, or not him, but the Eagles were able to navigate to the Super Bowl because of the superior play mm-hmm. they had on both fronts, on the defensive line and the offensive lines. And that's something that Tomlin loves, too. Of course. Well, it's we, any coach would. Right. It's, the, it's, the, it's how you win in the NFL. Like If you can right. control that, if you can control those line animals coming right. at you, and if you can get past the animals trying to stop you from getting the quarterback, you, you know you're going to you're going to be a very successful football team. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And and he that, built those lines up. He helped too. Exactly. Right? And that's something you... And that's something the Steelers need help with exa- now. I, yeah. that's the ex- I mean, you knew where I was going there. But he doesn't even have to do that much, I don't think. Right? Because you have... No. A- assuming that we're working under the assumption that Stefan Tewitt does c- come back, you have a healthy Tyson Alualu, and then you have, in case you need him, a DeMarvin Leal... There's there's your line. I mean, the defensive line, if healthy, is the best defensive line. And Wormley, in I wouldn't count Wormley out either. No, you know, he'll be uh, no, getting of course. Some run. Yeah, it gets deeper if two it's there. Obviously, right. like. But then on the offensive side too, Kevin Colbert did Weidel, Weidel, sorry, uh, a huge favor by prioritizing. Truly, I mean, last year when we saw Kendrick Green get drafted, and then you brought in um, Trey Trey Turner, right? You were optimistic, but only. You were optimistic to a fault, right? 
all of us were. You were saying Kendrick Green can come in and be that center, even though he didn't really play the position in college. Trey Turner's going to turn a new a new page in his book and and have a little bit of a career resurgence here in Pittsburgh. You were kind of wishful thinking, hopeful thinking too much for those two guys. Now it's pretty obvious Kendrick Green's not going to be a starting center on this team. If he's going to start, he's going to be a guard. Left guard, yeah. Right? And then the Trey Turner thing, Kevin Colbert had said time and time again last season, I really wanted to bring in another veteran lineman, and I never did that. Well, here you go, pal. You brought in Fort Weidel. You yeah. brought in James Daniels and Mason Cole. No, Kevin Colbert absolutely set the table really well for these two to you know not have to scramble right away to try mm-hmm. to piece together the roster. You know, they can really kind of ease in. Not that they will ease into it. I'm just saying, like, it's a very easy transition. I think Omar Khan— It's a very easy passing of the baton. Yeah, and, Omar, by the way, the guy that just gave up the job, you're probably going to see him most of the time when you go into your office. He'll be sitting there having a cup of coffee, say, hey, how's it going, guys? Basically every single day. Want to pick day. my brain? Right. Like, it'll be like—I uh, don't He's know if you watched like, Winning Time. Uh, I have not, no. It's I'm like not. Jerry West in that, though. He really... quits, but then he can't stay away. He's always in the office. He's always throwing his opinion in. I, it's not like— it's not like Kevin Colbert is leaving on bitter terms. It's not like he's going to withhold his his knowledge or his expertise no. from the organization. He still has an office there if he right. wants to go in. Like it's, yeah, it's just you know a stepping back more for him than than anything else. He, I mean, he's, he's still gonna, a good ear to have. He's going to be involved. I guarantee in contract yeah. negotiations and free agent signings and possible trades. Kevin Colbert will be in those meetings. No question about that. Well. Life's an adventure, and it's waiting. Hi, this is Merrill Hodge. At ST Bank, they know life's for the living. That's why ST Bank offers solutions to help you get the most out of it. Whether you're investing in your home, planning for the future, or just making the most of every day, ST Bank is here to help. Learn how ST Bank can help you live the life you want at stbank.com. Member FDIC. ST Bank was ranked number one in customer satisfaction with retail banking in Pennsylvania by JD Power. For JD Power 2022 award information, visit jdpower.com. Awards. Let's talk about some of the guys that Kevin Colbert helped set the table with as we've seen them a little bit here at OTAs as they've kicked off. Uh, on the offensive side of the ball, it's obvious to start there because I think OTAs have taken on even more of a life of its own this year because of the quarterback situation for your, your Pittsburgh Steelers. You know, Just the mystery around it, the fact that there is a three-way battle happening, Mason Rudolph, Mitch Trubisky, and Kenny Pickett. Uh, mm-hmm. Obviously, you know, there's been some talk about the depth chart that came out where Kenny Pickett was right. number three. I don't think you need to worry about a depth chart until maybe the first week of training camp. Right, starts. not May. Yeah, exactly. But you know, I you know, there that's that's just part of the getting the mind right of Kenny Pickett for the NFL, getting that competition mind right, you know, always going to the facility ready to compete. I think that's why you put him at number three, you know. It's not for anybody else. It's not for people to be like, oh, my God, he's number three and the fans to worry. It's for him to look at that and be like, I'm not number three, and just start to get that competitive fire already. Like, you know, this is the most unique position in all of sports. You need to have an edge over everybody on the field, that a competitive edge that just – trumps whatever anybody else is going to throw at you to be successful in this league at that position. And you know Tomlin, he loves to create competition. Even if there's not a real position battle, he's going to say there's a position battle just to get Mm -hmm. the guys thinking that there's a position battle, just to create that little worry in their head. So I I think it's just more motivational stuff It's because he's seen what happens when a guy gets too caught. As long as you're not a Cam Hayward or a T.J. Watt or a Big Ben, he's seen what happens when a guy— Once you establish Yeah, right, but he's seen what happens— 
the result of a guy who doesn't necessarily have the starting job but thinks he's got the starting job. They get too comfortable. They get a little bit, they get a little bit lazy, and Tomlin hates laziness. Of course, any head coach has sure. to hate laziness, and it's it just, I, again, I think it's just a good little motivational ploy for Kenny Pickett there. But uh, as far as what's going to happen when this position battle starts to shake out, I'm still in the camp that, it's tough to have three quarterbacks go into training camp, Thinking get enough could, snaps yeah. with enough quality players because, remember, you're not always going to get reps with the first team. You're not going to make the first team run three times the reps just because you're trying to break in the quarterback. Like You're not, not going to kill your receivers. You're not going to kill Najee. You're not going to kill your starting five offensive line just to you know try to figure out who you have. You have to have your backups and your third stringers go in there and work with these quarterbacks as well. So. I think you got to figure out, and and this is another reason why I think these OTAs and the upcoming mandatory minicamp especially is going to be important more so than any other real team in the NFL is because you might need to make a cut at that position battle based on what you've kind of seen in these upcoming thing, uh, upcoming weeks. And that's hard because you can't really do anything with pads, so you can't really see you mm-hmm. know live bullets. But, it's going to take some time. But you kind of got to do it because right. you got to figure out how to get it to two when you move into St. Vincent's on move-in day. Yeah, it, that's just the state of the NFL, how things work. And it's a problem that the Steelers have never had to deal with. Not never, but haven't had to deal with in a long, in a long time. time. And so I guess you could say because it's been so long, right? Like, you look at the Patriots. They had Tom Brady for 20 years. And then the very next year they go out. It, not the very next year. They, Two years. They away. get... They get Cam Newton. Bridge year with Cam Newton didn't work. But the out. next year they get Max, and there's no quarterback competition whatsoever. They just say Max our guy moving forward. There was t- a little bit of one, and then right around the middle of training camp, Cam was released. And very and, but that should Bill tell Belichick. you there really wasn't a, a competition. Well, they know who they wanted. If if he if a guy gets a guy getting released is a lot different than a guy getting just the second position. Yeah, and I think well, there's I think Cam Newton was almost too big to have the second position already. Like you don't want that guy being a backup when he doesn't want to be a backup. Sure, so that was one of it. But I do like what you're saying there, where it's kind of like they knew their plan, almost like they just needed to make sure Mac checked the box, and mm-hmm. when he did, then we could really move forward. The Steelers don't the have that luxury. Kinda, I don't know. I think they kind of do. You like, think so? You think they have? They're just going to say Kenny's the guy? Well, I think they kind of do. As far as do we have two? solid quarterbacks with Mitch and Kenny can back up for sure no question if Mitch wins the starting right. job and then gets her, like rolls an ankle week three no question Kenny Pickett can go in there and be the quarterback and then if that's the case maybe you move on from Mason Rudolph that's where I was kind of going with that okay. maybe he's the cam that. in that equation but it's, it's still... not one two though like the Patriots were it's kind of do you have one two therefore don't need three or Oladokun can be three I think you I think you do have a one and two. I don't see Mitch. I, and do Mitch. I don't see Mitch and, and I, Kenny not being both capable of I being agree. a one and a two if if the other guy just does a better job at earning the slot. But what I was trying to say with Mac Jones in New England is the fact that there was just one guy, right? Th- yes. There was no competition. There was no we we're we're getting really eager. We kind of want training camp to to hurry up and get here faster so that we can see these guys in pads, in real game time scenarios, so we know which guy to go with when it comes to week one or maybe even week two, whereas the Steelers, they really don't know which guy, I mean, at least from our perspective. It they're doesn't saying seem, they don't know, and they're yeah. doing a good job of it, but I think they know. I think Kind of like how, do you think it's kind of like how leading up to the draft, Tomlin was 
giddy. He was like a little kid. He was like a kid in a candy shop almost when he would talk about Malik Willis. Yeah, he's and been then, in misdirection. So do you think there's a similar thing going on here where don't, we have no indication of which guys it's going to be, but it seems like it's possible behind closed doors. Tomlin's maybe almost, even though it's only May, made up his mind already. I think, well, see, I think he has a fantasy for sure. You know what I mean? Like, I think he has a, I wish this is, it would go this way. But I think it will be a true, I mean, decision as far as who's going to start. But I think he knows it's really just between Trubisky and Pickett. I think everybody can read the tea leaves there and and figure that out, despite what the OTA depth chart might say. And that begs the question, I think you could honestly fetch maybe a sixth-round pick for Mason Rudolph, maybe a a seventh-rounder, something like that. Something, you know, just something. The problem is is that I've seen a lot of these rankings because now here we are. We're post-draft. We're pre-mini camps or whatever. This is the time of the year, even though we just mentioned how the NFL is a 365-day league. This is the time where people kind of do the rankings of any kind of sorts. I mean, we're victims of that. We've been doing rankings a lot. And I see that the Steelers are constantly put at, like, top 26 or 25 in terms of their starting quarterback, right? Whether it's Kenny Pickett or Mitch Trubisky, they Steelers rank at the bottom. So I really don't know if the, those teams below the Steelers, those are the teams that I see the only ones who would – have a market for Mason Rudolph. I think he would, would want to pursue a Mason Rudolph. But as a backup is what I mean, not as a starter. Like, no one wants him as a starter. I don't know. Anymore. I mean, like, some of those teams have quarterbacks as set ba- up And backups, too. Yeah, Why not, like, just roll the dice on Mason. Uh, I don't know if I would roll the dice on Mason, but I I see it. But know, that's why— there's, well, a, there's a backup in the league, a second stringer, that they plan on be their, their backup that's going to get hurt in a preseason sure. game playing three quarters worth of football. It's just inevitable. I think— I could see a team now being like, we need somebody— Last minute, who's been around the block a couple times, but also kind of young still. So, you know, we're not putting out like a, a, a old veteran Joe Flacco type mm-hmm. out there that gives us really no chance at all. Uh, yeah, Steelers, get sixth round pick, seventh round pick. Let's please, we need them. That's you know? the thing is desperation that, is, a, is a hell of a thing in the NFL. I don't the Steelers getting anything better in return than a sixth round pick. Yeah, I, is, I think, which is fine with me. That's something. Yeah, I guess because, I mean, it's not ideal because you spent a third-round hey, pick on him. You're not, like, it's not a high chance that you're going to get some player with that sixth-round pick, but at least you get the lottery ticket, right? And you can scratch it off. And, yeah. hey, maybe, oh, my God, it is Antonio Brown. You know what right. I mean? Or maybe it's just another one that you throw in the trash. Yeah, I mean, it's better than nothing, right? Exactly. It's better than exactly. It's better than, like, what the Browns are being forced to do and, and I, have all these teams say, no, we're not going to trade you for Baker Mayfield. We're going to wait for you to release it because you, you know don't, you want, don't him. want him. You know you don't want him. There's going to be a team out there who's going to say, yeah, the Steelers probably don't want Mason Rudolph, and we could maybe wait till the day that they just drop him, but we desperately need a guy. We need to bring him in. Here's a six-round pick. Yeah, and— Honestly, looking at it from his shoes, too, I'd have to imagine it's more attractive to be, you know, the guy who's just a injury away from coming in as far as the guy who's an injury away from an injury away from right. coming in. He's at the very least, I think he views himself as a number two in this league. It's not I mean, like he it's, he's not going to drop back down to three, having the earpiece in and not having a helmet on the sideline. He is a number two. Yeah, I agree. Most teams, he'd be a good backup because there's a lot of bad backups out exactly. there. Exactly. How many teams are willing to say that? Their court, their team. If their number one goes down, they want they're eager to start their number two, right? And like I think it's only right now possibly the Steelers. How many number twos also have the experience of? I mean, there's obviously some out there who are the elite of the backups, but like he started like twelve games, thirteen games in the NFL. Mason, not that much, but you know what I mean. Like he's got starting experience, so you know he's able to go in there and play in a game. 
I would say maybe the Commanders with uh, Carson Wentz and Ryan Fitzpatrick. No Fitzpatrick anymore. It's Haneke. Oh, Haneke. Okay, still. but still. But that's still better, yeah. That's better. And then there's... Right, you made the right point, but the wrong person. Right. Uh, and then... The Steelers will have the, the one Steelers, of the best, no matter what, how it shakes out. I think they have the best. Whether it's Trubisky or... Right. Because honestly, last year, Trubisky was one of the best to Allen, right. in my mind. I would say the only one I can think of that's a real competition with the Steelers is, if they keep him, the Niners with Jimmy G and Trey Lance. The Niners with Jimmy G and Trey Lance... I don't see them keeping Jimmy G though. The weird thing That's is, is that tough. he's still there. You can there. fetch a third or fourth round pick for him, right? Because I see we don't. Th- I don't think you know those teams below the Steelers, twenty fifth or whatever they were on the mm-hmm. quarterback rankings. I don't think they'd bite for someone like Mason, but I absolutely think one of them would and probably should bite for uh, a Jimmy Garoppolo, right? I mean, he's, yeah, he could start absolutely. I mean, he could start with. He was some in of the, the NFC Championship game last year. He like, could start for some teams that are. Above the Steelers, right? I said the Steelers perpetually are ranked 24th or 25th or 26th or 27th. There are teams in that 20 or maybe 18 range that could say, our guy is just really like a Baker Mayfield. Like, we don't love the guy. Here's the thing. Here's one for you. Like, and it probably would never happen because it's in the division, which stinks for them. But, like, if you're Seattle and you don't want to necessarily completely bottom out and you want to bridge it, like, Jimmy G could just drop right into Seattle. You got, you've got you got weapons in the receivers that you can use. You've got mm-hmm. a decent running. Like, it's not like you have to completely bottom out. You can kind of rebuild on the fly. And he would kind of give you a much better chance of staying at least somewhat competitive and breaking in some new talent as far as Geno Smith or Drew Lockwood, in my mind. Yeah, absolutely. But it stinks. I don't think they would ever trade in the division like that. But I think it's a good landing spot for him if he were for to get sure. released. Absolutely. But, I mean, it's tough. It is tough. You know, and I could also see him, you know, going to an old stomping ground as a back. But that's the thing. If he wants to be a backup, he'd probably just stay in San Francisco. Although there is that thing where it's like, do I really want to be the backup to the guy who took my job? No, I'd rather just be the backup, you know, to some guy in New England or something like that. Like, I think, I mean, it'd be so ironic if he was, if he was back ending to up New back England. in New England. What if like Mac Jones got hurt at the beginning of the year and then oh, Jimmy Belichick G, and then Jimmy that G call. went like thirteen and four? Or something I bet like you that. Belichick makes that call. But I was just saying, like, how funny been... would that be? Like if he and then he comes in and then he just like goes crazy for them, becomes the next Tom Brady. For well, the I mean, next 10 he, years. I mean, he was slated to do well for them. It's just he was the heir apparent. Man, that's just how crazy Tom Brady is. Like, he was the heir apparent, like, what was it, 10 years ago almost now? It like, was 20, I believe 2016 was that year where Brady got suspended for, like, the first two games after winning the Super Bowl and he or took something. Over. He had to play those games. Yeah. But, like, he was on the bench for a year or two before that, and people were like, they're going to groom Jimmy G. So, like, like it's I all think Jimmy since, G. like, 2015 at the earliest. But it's been almost eight years. It's yep. been seven years since. Yeah, it's it's absolutely crazy. But uh, back to the Steelers, kind of to wrap it up. Yeah, I I think as far as that quarterback position goes, it, it has to be just two guys as you head into training camp. And now that we can kind of look past the charade and it's Pickett mm-hmm. Trubisky, like I don't know what side I really land on to be honest with you. Because the more and more we well, get closer to training camp, the better, the picture. less and less I really care about the fact that he's twenty four and he has to start right away. Like he has to start right away. Like. You're you're saying as we get closer, you're th- you're more okay with him kind of resting and, and coming maybe. in when, or if Trubisky stinks, then then taking over. Yeah, why? Okay, well, I'd like to ask why. 
Like, why does it? Ma- why is it that as the season gets closer, you'll you'll be more okay with that? Well, I just think I'm thinking about it more and more, and I also just think you know it's a different league now, and it's a different kind of hum- humans are different. We're we're specimens now right. in a different way. Like we can play the primes are extended now, and the longevity of careers are extended, and especially at the quarterback position. Like if you're good at quarterback and you can you know not get yourself killed. Like the 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 game itself will protect you to everything else that you can't mm-hmm. control. So like you can play for ten years without really ever being you know brutally hit, unless you all the time and you're not a good quarterback. But like, I, I just think that you know okay. So say he doesn't play when he's twenty four. Okay, he starts when he's twenty five. What if he's great when he's twenty five? Okay, great. You've got ten years of Kenny Pickett. Like twenty five to thirty five. That's a great window as far as trying to win a Super Bowl. So like, I, I think that there's somewhat something to say about it. But like. I don't know. I'm just not too worried about that. I, I think if he's not ready and Trubisky is your guy, don't ruin Kenny Pickett by trying to throw him out there as early as possible. Well, yeah, I don't, think, that's that, I don't think that would happen. If the Steelers evaluate based off of minicamp and training camp and preseason play and Kenny's just not ready, they're not going to rush him. I trust Tom and I trust Omar Khan to say, let's. there's no need to throw him out there just Agreed. to throw him out there for throwing him out there. sake. Kind of like how... The opposite of what Matt Nagy did in Chicago with Justin Fields. People were saying, "Why you have Andy Dalton? Andy Dalton is not good." I take Mitch. I don't. I don't think anyone in this world would ever pick Andy Dalton over Mitch Trubisky right now to start a game. That's the difference. Is that, you, that Matt Nagy was opting to play uh, Andy Dalton over Justin Fields, whereas the Steelers have a very comfortable situation where they don't need to start. Kenny Pickett immediately. Agreed, and that's that's a very good luxury that, how about this for full circle, Kevin Colbert set the team up for, to yeah, have that luxury. That. So, great work as always from the Hall of Fame GM in my mind on his way. First ballot Hall door. of Famer, right? I think so. Uh, unfortunately, we ran out of time on this episode because the quarterback talk, as always, just seems to snowball Dominate, out of yeah. control. But I did want to get into the offensive line some as well and turn the page and look at the defensive side of the ball. Some storylines there from OTAs as well to talk about. So we'll definitely do that in the next episode. But this one is a wrap. Thanks, as always, for giving us a listen. Always appreciate it. For Jacob Recht, I'm Tom Opperman, and we'll talk to you on the Steelers Standard. Life's an adventure, and it's waiting. Hi, this is Merrill Hodge. At ST Bank, they know life's for the living. That's why ST Bank offers solutions to help you get the most out of it. Whether you're investing in your home, planning for the future, or just making the most of every day, ST Bank is here to help. Learn how ST Bank can help you live the life you want at stbank.com. Member FDIC. ST Bank was ranked number one in customer satisfaction with retail banking in Pennsylvania by JD Power. For JD Power 2022 award information, visit jdpower.com/awards.